We are here because we want to build a six-figure profitable business that allows us to use our gifts to serve others, impact the world, and live life on our terms. I'm a no BS entrepreneur. I don't give up. No excuses here. I learn from my failures. I seek discomfort. It helps me grow. I speak my mind. I stand up for what I believe in. I use my gifts to serve others. I empower them. I'm focused. I'm disciplined. I get shit done. I build six-figure businesses. I am a no BS entrepreneur. I'm Afro Duritu, entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and mentor. Now the question you're probably thinking is, how can I build a six-figure profitable business? If that is your question, then this podcast will give you the answer. And welcome to the Afro Duritu podcast. And today we have an expert. As every week we have Expert Weekly, and today's guest is Stephen Green. He's a CEO of 10 successful businesses, which includes six million pound property portfolio. He's recognized as one of the UK's leading property and business coaches, being awarded five times in the last two years. He's been featured in BBC, ITV, Channel 5's Rich, po- Rich House, Poor House, and has also featured in major national newspapers, plus he's a best-selling author. He spent 12 years in the British Army, passing arguably the most arduous course and awarded the Maroon Beret. Most, more recently, he's officially selected by Golden Movie Awards for Documentary of the Year for 2021. Amazing. And he's also training for a world record through the marketing techniques, which he has claimed is very few business owners use. He's managed to get over 10 million organic views, which we'll get into in a minute, and teaches others to do the same. So welcome to the show, Stephen. How you doing? Cheers, Afro. You're a star. No, great to have you on. I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, so how did you get started, first of all, in the army? So what made you join the British Army? Because that's like, and how old were when you joined? We'll start there. Uh, so I was, uh, when I went in, I'd just gone 21. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was probably starting to get myself into a bit of trouble yeah. with, with, with my mates. Um, started testing a few drugs, um, getting in a bit of bother and things like that. Yeah. And... Uh, I just sort of felt I needed a change, and then I, I had a, uh, my first like sort of serious relationship, uh, you could say. Yeah. Um, split up with a particular person, and I just thought I need yeah. to get away. I need to uh, just be away from this area. I need a fresh start. So I'd actually applied to work on uh, one of these cruise ships. I just thought, right, I just really? want to stop. <laughs> I can't imagine you on a cruise area, ship. <laughs> do a bit of traveling. And uh, one of my mates said to me, well, why don't you join the army with me? I'm, yeah. I'm going in the Royal Engineers. Um, he said, I started the sort of process a few weeks ago. I'll take you down if you want. Yeah. And uh, that night we were sort of uh, sat there was about 10 of our mates sat there and we were all stoned as we used to be in them, them uh, days. And all the lads were laughing, going, you won't go in the army. And yeah. I was like, fuck it, I'm going in. And uh, I just knew then I'd made my mind up that night. Wow. And uh, the next morning he came around my house and said, right, come on, I'll take you there. And uh, I went down, went into the careers office and uh, I just pretty much done what he told me to do. I just thought, right, I'm just going to follow what he's doing. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. And how, 12 years in, how, how was the the training? How was the lead up to it? Were you nervous? Were you scared? Were you right? This, or you're thinking this is going to sort me out? Yeah, to be honest, I, I think I had a really good good approach. I mean, I put a post on the other day because <clears throat> actually the 28th of September, that, was, that would have been my 22-year point. So I'd have yeah. actually been coming out 
Um, that had been my full service done. Obviously, I didn't do the full time. Yeah. Uh, but if I'd have stayed in, I'd have been out on Thursday. Thursday, 28th. When was that? Uh, what day? Thursday uh, today. Tuesday? So, Tuesday. Yeah. 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 Tuesday, I would have been out. Um, but I think... <clears throat> When I went in, I was I was a little bit older than some of the other guys. So, so I'd, I'd just gone 21, yeah. and probably the oldest guys were maybe 22, 23. Yeah, Most point. were probably about 19-year-old. Um, so I was a little bit older. I was probably a bit more streetwise. I'd come from a bit of a probably harder background. So I wasn't really phased. Yeah. Uh, and I think I've always had that skill set of basically uh, laughing at ad- adversity, yeah. and um, I-, I really enjoyed basic training. For okay. me, it was uh, it was a really good time. But uh, uh, some people, it literally broke them within a with, within a couple of weeks when you're uh, being tipped out of your bed and uh, things like that in the first few mornings and getting your hair shaven off. It's uh, it breaks a lot of people, should yeah. we say? Yeah, I guess that's the intention, isn't it? The first period is to break them get them out and then the stronger people survive essentially isn't it yeah, yeah. basically yeah yeah okay so coming out of that where did you want to go next because obviously you've had 12 years in the army and you know right did you know what you wanted to do coming out or was it like you came out and you're like now nah, what do i do because i've heard different stories from different people in the services some people are more thought out some people just leave and then they're civilian then they're like just walk up almost wander around for a period of time before they actually get into something yeah, uh, it's a great question. For me, <clears throat> I was about, I think I was I, I was 31 or 32, somewhere around that age. Mm. Uh, and I didn't know what I wanted to do in life, even yeah. up to that point. So I'd literally uh, been out of school practically my, the same time I'd lived. Yeah. Um, and I still didn't know what I wanted to do. I'd just gone through this full career and yeah. sort of followed a mate. Uh, and I never really knew. So from leaving school, I, I wanted to, I thought, right, I want to do something around sport and fitness. Ah, okay. Uh, <clears throat> I ended up working in a, uh, like a health shop for a bit. Then I followed one of my mates into plumbing, didn't yeah. even know what it was. <laughs> uh, and uh, ended up following a different mate into the army. So yeah. it wasn't until I started buying a couple of properties and I was uh, in the army and and I, and I just thought, hey, do you know what? I'm doing all right from this. And yeah. I, I, I quite enjoy it. Ah, okay. um, there's no sort of pressure on me. I'm making the same sort of money I was in the army. And that was from only doing like yeah. maybe 16 weeks worth of work. And I just thought if I threw myself at this full time, uh, what could I do with it? So, yeah, it was um, when I decided I wanted to be out. I set a four-year plan. Okay. So I asked for a posting that was closer to home, and I basically I was able to travel in each day because it was only an hour away. Ah, okay. And uh, so, I, yeah, I, I was patient, and I think that's one of the things I can always say is I, yeah. I've always been willing to play the long-term game. I've, I've never rushed into things. I've, I've always been willing to uh, just just take them steps. Um, an example of that, we'll probably come yeah. on to it, but it's kind of led me into it, is... Um, at the time when I was in the army, I was driving a car and I called it the Purple Lizard. Right. So it was uh, it was an Elreg purple Vauxhall Corsa, nice. and I bought it at the auction, Black Blackbush auction, and I paid 170 quid for it. Bargain. Uh, but I was yeah, I, I was I, at the time I was on 30, 30 odd grand a year. Yeah. Gemma was on the same as a teacher. 
Uh, I was making money from property on the side of that. I didn't need to drive that car. I could have drove yeah. a really nice car if I uh, wanted. Okay. Yeah. But I, I just knew, I, I always knew that uh, I was playing that longer-term yeah. game, and I, I, I always knew I'd end up. And people used to laugh at me. People used yeah. to take the piss of, of, of that car. But I, I just always knew where I, I was going. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is that been quite hard for you? Because if you're very clear then people just probably don't understand you, don't get it, they're misunderstood. Do you feel that, that as you're going through that journey, did you feel that way at points in time? I think where, I think one of my strengths is I've always believed in myself. Yeah. So I, I remember when me and Gemma one particular night, um, we were doing a renovation on a property and it was yeah. two o'clock in the morning and we had no hot water, no heating in that property. And... We hadn't been out for ages, and I remember next door neighbours coming in, yeah. like probably a couple of years younger than us. Uh, well, their dad lived next door, so it was sort of his kids, and they're all coming from the drink, and you could hear them all. And Gemma got quite emotional, and she just said, "We haven't got a, a life right now. We've just been doing these renovations constantly for about four months, and we haven't even been out." And I remember just saying, "Well, look, it'll all pay off. I guarantee yeah. you. This is what we're doing right now. It'll all pay off." Yeah. So why do you think then, because you've, you sound very patient, as you just described, but some people are just not. And I think, especially in the entrepreneurial space and in today's world, they want everything quickly. I want it now. Why do you think people are, are like that versus the long game and thinking more long term? Have you, from your experience, have you experienced, has thought about that much or what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, I, I think it's, if I'm honest, I yeah. think it's a lack of awareness. Okay. So I think it's just been short-sighted. Yeah. Um, most people will take will play the short-term game over the long-term game. Yeah. So they'll take that instant gratification of eat the cake, eat the chocolates, yeah. um, take a £100 now rather than a 1000 in a month. Uh, I just think that's just the mentality of people. Yeah. People are not willing to... Uh, to grind and i think it's getting worse i think yeah we, we we're in a in 2020 i think we're we're in a sort of uh, age where people want everything now yeah. because things are faster technology is faster we can access things faster and i think that that's making people lazy people are yeah. willing to grind and do what it takes to be successful yeah because i've seen many of your posts on social media and you're very straight to the point um, do you think that puts people off and are you, you're quite comfortable with that, I'm assuming? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I know that I'm a, a very much a quiet taste. Yeah. Um, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of people who, who say things like, I mean, some people uh, will just say it's too much for me. Yeah. Um, it's too too full on. Yeah. Uh, some people probably don't believe what, what I, I know to be true yeah. um, for me and for them. I know that people are capable of more than what they think they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, I, I always go back to, so when I was younger, I always remember listening to like um, uh, sports stars. I, the one that always sticks in my head was uh, listening to Serena. Was it, uh, what's the older sister called? Serena's uh, uh, sister. V, what's that, Venus? Venus, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Venus she Williams, yeah. one, I think, isn't she? Say again. Anyway, yeah. I always remember hearing her on a on a on a on the radio or something like that, and her saying, "There's nothing special about me." Yeah. 
And I just thought, oh, come on. Like, that's the cliche <laughs> thing that everyone at the top of the Give game says. Give me the secrets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just a normal person. And yeah. I remember it just sort of going over my head and thinking, like, are you all trained to say that when yeah. you, you, you reach top level? But I, I can honestly say that about me. It's um, yeah. I, I was brought up in, in a council house. I didn't have any money. I, w- I was the smallest kid in the whole of my year group. Uh, I was late to start puberty. I just everything that you could yeah. have going against you. I was always ill as a child. Um, I, I didn't have any advantage. If anything, I was disadvantaged. But that's yeah. what I believe has given me a lot of the strength that I've got to do. Yeah, I think like me and Farah talk about this with the boys. Um, that sometimes we think that they are more. They're more level than I was growing up. Similar to you, I grew up in a rough neighborhood, didn't have a father around. So I had a, a, a rough upbringing, um, per se. And I think that has made me more resilient. And I think that is what some people lack, is some of that. But then I think some yeah. people who are level-headed tend to be okay with that. But I think it does add an edge to you, doesn't it? I feel. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it does absolutely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there, was, there was somebody recently... Um, and I seen him comment on a on a post, and he basically said that all of these people have got a, what was the word? All of these people have got like a, a story yeah. of hard times. Yeah. All these people at the top, like as if it's like almost made up and fake. Yeah. But I believe that's why most people are at the top because they've gone through that much yeah. shit that I think one or two things happen. You, you, you will either reach rock bottom and you'll break. Yeah. And I think that's where people potentially take their life. Yeah. Or people right at that rock bottom, there's nowhere else to go. You're backed against the wall and it's just kind of like, fuck it. There's nothing more you yeah. can do yeah. to me now. There's, I've, I've literally reached that that bottom. And, and, I, and I think that you, this sort of pressure just drops off you when, yeah. when, when you're that when you're at that level one or two things are going to happen and this is the thing what's a bit frustrating for me is when i see people and they're at rock bottom that don't realize how close they are to having the biggest breakthrough they could possibly have yeah yeah is that is that picture you see on facebook isn't it the guy digging for gold is it uh diamonds and he turns back before the other guy jumps in i don't know if you've seen that picture no i've not seen that no no there's a picture so you got two guys digging one of them's really close to hitting the jackpot and he turns around and the other guy's still going for it. So it's exactly what you said, yeah. Yeah. I'm almost no, there and absolutely. I've got like, oh, I give up. Yeah. 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 So talk to me yeah. then about, um, so you you mentioned the long game. You mentioned your story in the past. You mentioned you growing up. So what was it like to be on the BB, BB not BBC, it was a Channel 5, Rich Dad, was it Rich House, Poor House? That was it. Yeah, yeah, I that's right, that. yeah. Um, well, I've done them both, so I was on the yeah. BBC, I was on BBC 2 on the Mighty Red Car. Yeah. Um, and then the last year on Rich House Puros, yeah. uh, it was a great experience. Uh, I've, I've been asked to do quite a lot of stuff like that recently yeah. over the last over the last year. Um, and when I had a look at it, I, I just really liked the whole feel for the whole thing. That yeah. it was it was done with a good intention to connect two people, two different families, let them come together. Uh, and I just felt that the whole the the um the agenda behind the, the program yeah. was just it, it was a positive one and it was one that I thought yeah it's something that I'd like to be a part of awesome did it remind you of anything when growing up then when you're back to the poorhouse was it like yeah absolutely like, just yeah. um 
just going through going through those things again that yeah. a lot of people don't see they don't realize that grind that i've gone through when people say oh yeah you're lucky and stuff like that yeah. going through the army i used to come home on a night when i was that last four years and i would come home so i'd, I'd have to set off in the morning just after six o'clock because we used to start early i'd have to it was an hour's driving I'd do a full day's work. I'd get home about six o'clock at night, so that was 12 hours. And I literally used to get changed and start working on the house, me and Gemma, and we'd yeah. work till maybe 11 o'clock at night. And I'd do the same again. And uh, we had no hot water, no heating. Yeah. We, we yeah. just literally renovated a house, sold it, and then moved into another shithole. Yeah. And then lived <laughs> in it, renovated it, yeah. sold it, lived in another shithole. And we'd done that for about four years of constantly just yeah. going through that process. And uh, that's the stuff that people don't see, that, that, yeah. that stuff behind closed doors. They want to see the sexy stuff on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. <laughs> and his story. Um, so talk to you, what's a day in the life of Stephen Green then? Because on that documentary, I remember you, you've got this chair, isn't it? Some brown chair you sit in yeah think. my thinking chair yeah <laughs> yeah i like i like that so what what what's your morning routine look like because i've seen some of your like insane morning workouts you know a lot of running recently obviously you've got your world record so what's the day look like for you right now then it's changed a little bit the last few months yeah. so um I, i'm nor normally what it would look like is up at five o'clock okay. uh in the gym train from five o'clock uh i, I I'd get up at five, sorry. I'd have my pre-workout drinks and stuff like that. Yeah. Usually start training about half five. And then that would be about a 45-minute session, roughly. And then I'd come out, um, usually do a little bit of reading or uh, look at my journal, make sure I've planned my five key things for the for the day. Yeah. Um, and then usually the kids would get up, so I'd then uh, spend the time with the kids and then sort of go into work. But yeah. Uh, at the moment, because of the world record attempt, yeah. I'm yeah. sometimes uh, it, it, it's a bit different. Like I, I can be out earlier, or sometimes I'm actually trying to force myself to stay in bed a bit longer, Rest just longer. so I've got more recovery. Yeah, so yeah. Um, sometimes I'm not getting up now till six o'clock in the morning, but uh, just purely because I need that extra sleep. Does that feel like a line six o'clock? Embarrassing. Yeah, it's just, yeah. <laughs> six o'clock. I, I start uh, after that. I'm just uh, why there's no chance. Yeah. Six, if I can sleep till I six, I've done well. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. I, me and Farah joke about it on a, on a Saturday. She go, let's have a line. I'm like, I get to seven. I'm like, I gotta get out of this bed. I just can't. I can't yeah. sit here just doing nothing. It feels weird. Uh, so talk to me about then. So what is the world record then officially you're going for? So what I'm attempting. Where, where it started was a couple of couple of years ago. So I've been out the army. I've been out the army ten years, and yeah. obviously I was a really fit level when I was in the army. And I've sort of had this itch to do something. So I'd said to my dad, "Look, let's." Uh, there's, there's a bike ride called the Beast. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of it or oh, not. No. It, it, it's uh, it's deemed the hardest bike ride in the UK, and it's a 200 mile bike ride uh, over some really hard terrain in the UK yeah. and, and most people don't pass it um, and I fancied doing that and he was sort of like oh we'll do the course to course and I went nah it's not big enough I can't yeah. motivate myself and a few mates were saying oh we do a marathon and I went nah again I just it wasn't big enough to yeah. motivate me so I've had this itch for a few years now that 
I'm, I'm sort of moving on a bit. I'm, I, I was approaching 40 at the time, and I thought, if I don't do something now, I'm probably not going to do it, so I want to see what I'm capable of. Yeah. So I asked a few people this year, earlier on in the year, look, I'm looking to do something. What's challenging? And a few people said, oh, you want to do an Ironman? That's one of the hardest yeah. one-day events that you, you're going to do. Um, the combination of mixing all three of them, them sports up together is, is, is immensely challenging for your body. Not, not just the fact that it takes a good sort of average 12 to 14 hours yeah. anyway, the fact that you're doing the three disciplines as well. So I looked at it and I thought, yeah, that looks challenging. So <laughs> it looks all right. Let's <laughs> not do good two enough. of them. <laughs> yeah. So you're doing two of them? Yeah. Is it- so I'm doing two of them. So I literally I'll do the, the 2.4 mile swim. Yeah. 112 mile on the bike and then run a full marathon then as soon as i finish the marathon i'll get back in the minibus and then back into the river tees and start the swim again then another 112 mile on the bike and then run a second marathon jeez is there a world record already been set for this or is this a brand new world record it's it's just never been done um it's been attempted six times oh wow um, but it's never been recorded so Ah. um they were unable to tell me why so it could be a combination of uh, registered and never attempted it, yeah. or registered it and never completed it, yeah. or registered it and did complete it, but didn't follow the guidelines because one third yeah. of all world records are not registered because people didn't follow the, the guidelines. They're really God. strict on it. Yeah. So for whatever reason, it's 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 never been done back to back without any rest. So okay, wow. Um, and when's official? Uh, have you got a date set? Yeah, yeah. it's the sixteenth of October. So oh it's god, oh wow, <laughs> it's soon. Yeah. Jeez. And yeah. have you have you seeked expert help for this? And like got a yeah. So I've got a couple of coaches. Yeah. So I've built a team around us. Yeah. Uh, so a guy that I was in the army with, um, he's the head coach. Yeah. He's the one running with the program. And then uh, I've got a swim coach as well. And then I've got another couple of guys who I'm pretty close to who uh, are in the team that I know I can trust. So one's sort of helping with my stretches and my physio side. And then the other guy, Glenn, he's uh, a part of the team. So he'll be the one that's monitoring all of my intake and my food, uh, making sure we've got all the equipment and things like that. So I've, I've, I've got a... It's only a, a small team yeah. of four, but the four people that I know I can trust and the kind of people I want around me because yeah. I know I'm going to be going into a, a world of pain. I know yeah, I'm going yeah. to be going into a, a dark space, and uh, it, it's important you've got the right people around you that um, yeah. w- when you start facing challenges like that. That makes total sense. And then what does Gemma think of all your crazy antics? Is she like, yeah, go for it. She's like, oh, Stephen, again. So, <laughs> yeah, she's usually again. It's usually uh, um, just keep me out of it. Yeah. I think she just doesn't. She's probably just seen that much of it now. She's yeah. had enough of it, to be honest. Yeah, fair enough. But, but uh, my wife's the same. They're very patient, aren't yeah. they? <laughs> cool. Um, so, talk to me about um, the business then. So, the business side of it all. So, you've got multi-million-pound properties, ten businesses. What's it like running ten businesses? Uh, it's really easy to be honest. I mean, people always say to me, I bet it's really stressful and it's not because uh, I have an approach where I only focus on one thing at a time and I'm, I'm really, really good at this. So I say to people, how can I possibly be stressed if I only have one thing to focus on? It's impossible. And 
all all stress, all mental health, and people don't like me saying this, and often it can can upset people, yeah. but mental health is a lack of skill set. When you when you've got different strategies to deal with things, so let's take overwhelm yeah. and stress. So people say, oh, I'm, I'm overwhelmed, I've got too much on. Well, that's just a lack of prioritizing. It's yeah. just a lack of, you, you're focusing on too many things yeah. at once and you're creating that stress for yourself. And, and I say that's evident because people might say, oh, I've got this, oh, I've got um, a team of four people to run. I say, well, yeah. I've got 30, 30 lads on one one job alone yeah. on, on site. Um, we can... On that site, we'll, we'll have a 10 grand a day spend going out the door. It's crazy yeah. figures. And, and our cash flow can literally do that yeah. where we can have a half a million quid sat in the bank. And then you go down, to, literally, you're going down. Uh, I've seen us go down to 10 grand, yeah. which you're talking like days worth of money. And it's like, shit, we need, uh, like when yeah. you're a few days before that. And we, we're literally up and down that that much on when you, you're playing around with projects the size what. Yeah. what we are um but yeah I, I just don't feel no pressure because it's um I, i've just learned how to approach things in a in a certain manner and when 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 you when you have them them skills you, you can't possibly feel stressed yeah so how did you acquire those skills was it something you learned books you read sitting in that chair <laughs> yeah probably probably a mixture so some of them i, I was pretty good at yeah so I've always been good at not really caring what people think about me. Um, and I think that that came from an early age. So the fact that I was, I, w- I, w- I was very small, yeah. I was very skinny. Um, when I left school, I was uh, five foot three when I was in my, oh, my last year at school. Yeah. Uh, I, I was literally tiny. So for a lot of years, people talked about me and I didn't like that. It used to piss me off. Yeah. And, I think that because I had so much of that, like eventually it was like you, you can't say anything else about me because yeah. I've, yeah. I've had it for that yeah, long. Yeah. It's like I just become resilient to it, and and I think that that's one of my 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 good strengths. Um, believing in myself has always been something that that I've had from a uh, from a younger age. Um, what was the question? I fucking forgot. Right. One <laughs> I was just talking about, did you require those skills or did you already have them? So was it like books sitting in the chair? What, what yeah. kicked off that so, journey? Like? So some was yeah. from books yeah. and, and, and having mentors, absolutely. Yeah. So putting the right people around you has been... Uh, I, the first mastermind group I ever went in yeah. uh, was with a group of guys all of them were older than me, all more experienced, all a lot more successful in business. Um, and, and I remember sitting with them guys in that group and I was paying 21 grand a year. It was a, yeah. it was a big jump up. So I, I was I was only making 60 grand a year, say only, but yeah. in, in comparison, it was a third of yeah, my, my income yeah. that I was paying out. Um, and I remember sat in that room with them six guys and the facilitator and thinking, these guys are fucking crazy. Like (laughs) just, just their approach to life. I'd never, I'd never witnessed it. I'd never seen that. Uh, and an example of that was, I always remember one of the guys, he was getting taken to court or was he taking someone to court? I forget, but he was really excited by it. 
Yeah. And I remember him saying, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be going to court yeah. next week. And uh, if we win, it'll be this. Or if we lose, it'll be that. And, and I remember looking and thinking, is he, is he all right yeah. in the end? Like, he's, he's going to court and he's buzzing about it. And he said, oh, it's going to be great. We're going to get the opportunity to test how robust our systems are and how strong the yeah. business is. And, and I looked and I thought, he's actually being serious. He's genuinely, like, happy about somebody taking him to court. Um, and that... And I just remember like being around them guys like that and just thinking, wow, I need to be like that. I want that mindset that yeah. they've got, that that just, just so steady. Um, and I guess that rubbed off on me. I yeah. just, I learned from that because once I'd seen it and I'd never witnessed anybody uh, perform like that, I thought, I want to be that way. Do you think there's like a little, because for me, it's, it was not only being a mastermind, but similar moments where I, had like a little glimpse of what was possible. I was like, I didn't know I could do that. And then it kind of opens Pandora's box and you go in it, you're like, oh my God, there's so many things I could do I didn't even know. Was it that kind of yeah. feeling at that time? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and that's some of that my mentees now, people that I'm working with, they're, st they're say the same. So yeah. I've had people who've sat on the fence um, and kind of watched from, from a distance for a few years and then eventually they've sort of took a leap because they've seen other people getting results. Yeah. And they've been honest with me and kind of said, look, I thought it was a bit of a scam. I thought it was all like a bit woo-woo. Yeah. And um, yeah. this guy thinks he's got all the answers to success. And uh, and I thought it was a bit bullshit. And they've been honest with me. Yeah. And when you, like you say, you open that, that door to them yeah. and it's like, shit, yeah. I, didn't, I, I didn't realize you could do this. I didn't realize people think this way. I didn't realize you can... Yeah. Uh, I, 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 just, I just love it. I'm obsessed with it, yeah. as Gemma says. Uh, so... <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. So in terms of, we've got two things, questions I've got for you. The first one being around your um, structure around the mental health piece. You mentioned about dealing with overwhelm one thing at a time and this is how you deal with it. Do you think that some, sometimes, because I'm very similar, I'm straightforward, I think, right, just put your, just get organized, just prioritize. But pe some people find that as not being empathetic. Um, do you find that sometimes or is that, I just want to get your view on that. Say that again, sorry. Some people think that it's what I throw. I'm not empathetic, so you're not being you're not showing empathy or yeah. being kind, if you like. Go easy on me. I've got this going on. I've got that going on. But sometimes, I, f I did a rant the other day that sometimes I think it's just a lot of excuses. So yeah. where where's the line for you, or do you think there is a line? Uh, well, with me, you've probably found out, and yeah. most people have. I don't have any filters. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> um, when I say this... I, yeah. There's no other way that this comes across, uh, or it's mainly going to cross as going to kind of going to come across as being arrogant. Yeah, yeah. But the steps that I've created and the model that I've created, I, I genuinely genuinely believe what I've created is the best model in the world. Yeah. And, and if you follow it, I know the results that it that it gets. Um, and I can't say that any other way. Yeah. When people say, oh, who do you think you are that you've got the, the best yeah. uh, steps to, to life success in, in the world? And it's, I get it. I, I get yeah. why people are going are gonna to say that. But everyone that's gone through that process, just it blows their head off. Yeah. Um, and it, they just say to me, like, wow, that, that's just was not expecting that at all. Yeah. The thing is, it's just like it's been polarizing to an extent. And then you just get the people you want with you anyway that speak your language, yeah. understand you, and then the rest of them just go away, essentially. 
That's how I think. Yeah, and, and this is something that I say to look for. So yeah. I think we're in a society, like in the world, where everybody needs that uh, approval. Everybody's yeah, yeah. looking for validation of people. I don't want that. So I would rather, my, my take on this yeah. is, if somebody hasn't got an opinion on you, there's no use in your life. Yeah. So um, if... If somebody doesn't like you, that's good because well, now <laughs> yeah, yeah, distance themselves, they can go yeah. away. You you can move them away. If uh, if somebody has an opinion on you, you can potentially do business with them. You can have opportunities with them. You yeah. can work with them. You can have a relationship with them. Yeah. Um, you can have a partnership, a marriage yeah. with them. Somebody has to have an opinion on you, otherwise that person has got no use in your life at all. So. I, I would rather be out there and, yeah. and people have an opinion whether that if they don't like me, I'd rather somebody not like me than not know who I am and have an opinion on me. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that takes courage to step into that space, I think. And for me, it's only happened recently. I'm like, you know what? I just don't care anymore. And and this is why I do the podcast and, and all the other stuff now. I'm just like, I just don't care. I'm just going to go for it. And I think it's almost like when you step into that, you're like, wow, this is powerful. That's, that's how I felt recently. Yeah. No, yeah. I... And, and I believe it's the hardest skill. I believe yeah. it's one of the, the last skills that we, we get uh, personally yeah. because I think we're conditioned to want to fit in yeah, we at are. school yeah. and with friends and, and the way things are. I, I think that's probably the hardest challenge as a human to not be um, not be affected by what people think about you and, and yeah. needing that validation. It, it's one of the last skills to... Yeah. Some people probably have it naturally uh, because we all have different skills naturally. Yeah. But I think for most people, that's probably one of the hardest ones and the last ones, the master. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that, 100%. So moving on to the property pieces then. So we mentioned people initially when they saw you thought it was a scam. And there's a lot of this talk around, especially around property recently. What are your thoughts in general around it all? uh what around pe what people think about it yeah the property space because at the moment there's a lot of people saying people are scamming yeah. there's it's like it's a bit of a mess at the moment and i spoke to david about this fernley and got his view and opinion on the yeah, show as well so i'd agree with you yeah. um I, I think what it is uh being brutally honest with you now i yeah, try yeah. not to go down this route anymore so just yeah. recently i've done a couple of lives called the big opinion okay oh, um i like that title i I was very opinionated and I yeah. used to, I used to be, I look at some of my time hop yeah. posts and I cringe, I think, <laughs> you know, like, did I used to really say that to people? And, and literally, um, they are brutal, yeah. um, most brutal things, more brutal than I am now, yeah. but the, some of them things I used to say used to hurt people. Yeah. And, and, I, and I looked now, I know the difference of, Okay, yeah. um, being straight and direct with people yeah. and just being a knob in general like yeah. I used to be at times uh, and didn't care about hurting people's feelings so watching Napoleon Hill uh, I learned about not having an opinion on things so I just I just stopped making an opinion I stopped saying nasty things to people uh, if it didn't serve them if it I'll, st I'll say harsh things to people yeah. as long as I know I'm doing it for the right reason yeah, I stopped doing it for just calling someone fat yeah. or something like that yeah. for for the hell of it, which I used to do yeah. because I was brought up that way. Of, uh, yeah. My dad used to be that Bad way man. as well. And, <laughs> um, 
and, and I look now and it, it's very, very shallow minded how, how I used to be that way. So um, what I will say, though, because you're asking this question in the property space, yeah. I believe that, yes, it is a mess. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe there is a lot of stuff up in, up in the air. Um, what I do believe, though, is there's a lot of people jumping on the bandwagon, yeah. bandwagon trying to make things worse to get a name for themselves. And I look at them people now and I think that's the twat that I used to be. Like, I look ah, okay. at that, that's low-level awareness. Them yeah. people who are going out the way to try and bring other people down. And I never went to them levels. I never sort of went out my way to bring people down. But yeah. I, I could say things that, that were shallow, you could say. Yeah. But people who go out their way to just bring people down, for me, you need fucking shooting. I just yeah. put them down. Wow. You used to have no... You have no place on earth if your your only purpose is to bring people down. So I think it appears to be worse than what it is. Yeah, normally is. The people going out the way and, and, and saying some of them things. And um, uh, I, I'm mates with most of the top property trainers in yeah. the UK. Uh, I work work closely with a with a lot of them, and, and they're really good guys. Yeah. And some of the things that have been said about them guys. Just isn't true. It's yeah. being it's being fabricated. There's been one or two little things, and I look at the BBC recently, and yeah, they said yeah. uh, the post was, uh, as as have you been out there and had a bad experience with property trainers? Well, what's the agenda there yeah. straight away yeah. to just look for people who are gonna? Where's the other side of that coin of the people who've gone and made money or they've changed their yeah, life yeah. or yeah. they've you're, you're totally right. The, it's very one sided. It's like. It's like the um, social dilemma. I don't know if you've seen that on Netflix or um, what's Game Changers. It's all all one sided. So where's the other yeah. side talking? Yeah, so I agree. Yeah, yeah. So I, th I think it looks worse than what it is. Um, I do think that the industry probably does need um, uh, what's the word? Professionalizing. I think it, it probably yeah. does need some sort of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Regulation. Um, accreditation yeah. or some yeah, yeah. some along those lines because there is people out there <clears throat> that genuinely set up to rip people off yeah. and people who've set up and i've seen people claiming to be the the guru property trainer yeah. and they've been doing it themselves for a year and I, and I look at that and i think you're the people that are giving right. experienced trainers a, a, a bad name yeah. so I do think it needs cleaning up, um, but those that are in it for the right reasons yeah. will be willing to jump through them hoops. I want it to be professionalized yeah. because I want to raise the bar yeah. so that we, we're not sort of uh, looked at these people who've just set up or, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's, uh, no, that's my take on it. But. Yeah. Makes sense. And in terms of like, what's what's your lockdown experience been then for you? Because everyone's been different about it. Some people have been like, oh my God, the world's ended. Some people are like, right, I can grow my business and knuckle down. What's your view? What's your journey been like through lockdown? Uh, good question. Um, <clears throat> it's It's been a little crazy. So yeah. uh, initially we were hit really hard. Yeah. So probably harder than most people. We just had a run of bad luck as well. So the day before lockdown, so I think it was on the Sunday. Yeah. <clears throat> I forget the exact day. The next day, we had two events booked. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Um, and we paid out about 20 grand in marketing for these two events. And we, we couldn't recoup that. So we literally lost 20 grand or something on yeah. day one. Uh, and then my site was closed and I lost uh, 21 grand per month for three months. Oh, so we lost another 60 grand there. Um, we then had a valuation that written off nearly 400 grand in, in the valuation on the, the project. So we, yeah. we got hit extremely hard at the front end. Uh, all the events were cancelled yeah, yeah. and we were event. All of my stuff was events based because I enjoy that face to face interaction. Yeah. So we had to adapt and adapt quickly. Uh, we have adapted now and the model we've got now is actually better than what we had before we went into yeah. lockdown. So, uh, we've pivot pivoted. Well, uh, we've got the site back open Awesome. and with that adversity, I knew the would be a, a seed of opportunity somewhere yeah, else yeah. And, and we've took advantage of that so we just looked and went right where's all that pain what's uh what's being thrown at us what's at the other end of that stick yeah. um it's like i say you can't pick up the good end of the stick without the shitty end and you can't pick up the shitty end like of the that. stick without the good <laughs> end you yeah. have the, the, that other end is there so yeah. we, we just looked for that and and uh We've adapted well from that situation. Uh, I trained harder. I got in shape better. Yeah. The amount of people that have said to me, um, oh, I've put weight on because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, be fucking honest with yourself. <laughs> COVID didn't put fucking weight on you. You got fucking lazy. <laughs> that, let's just be fucking... Uh, and that stuff I can't... Like, I, yeah. I will always be honest with that yeah. stuff. It's like, yeah... Um, I'm, I'm overweight. Uh, I'm, I'm three stone overweight because of COVID. I'd fuck all to do yeah. with COVID. You just smash loads of food. <laughs> didn't do any exercise. So let's be yeah. let's be straight about it. Because my journey was similar. I, I got at the initial start. I was like, right, got my dumbbells. I get keep it going. Then I had a bit of a lull, and then towards the end, I was like, do you know what? It's all opening up in a minute. I'm just gonna relax a bit. And then now I've been hitting it hard again. But I almost liked the climb, so I didn't mind anyway. And I've had that up and down journey yeah. of fitness anyway. So I know I can pull it back and it's half the fun <laughs> in my eyes. No, yeah. absolutely. Um, me personally, I think that the whole thing's been blown out of proportion. Yeah, I've seen some um, of the posts, so yeah. I think that the, the, the repercussions of, 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 of this virus and, and the lockdown and everything we've done, yeah. is it's proven now it's already there. Suicide rates are higher than they've been since 2000. Uh, cancer pay, pay, patients not getting treatment, people with heart disease not getting treatment, mm. children's mental health problems uh, are through the roof, domestic violence is up. Look at all the businesses that have folded, the yeah. stress that that's caused for people. I just think that in order to try and save some older people's lives, which yeah. are the ones at risk, we, we've potentially killed lots of younger lives yeah. and, and destroyed a lot of lives in the process. I really do think that. It'd be interesting to see what happens in like 10, 20 years time when we look back and go, what, why the hell did we do that? Or whatever we come out with the outcome. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay, and then talk to me about this 10 million organic views then because you're like, you're like on fire with like content and sharing and posting and I almost look and think, how is Stephen producing all this content and being all these places in one go? So how do you do it? Like, what's your strategy or 
your techniques or tactics? Um, I, the, the untapped source, yeah. which I, I believe, and I'm going to be talking about this uh, um, at, at Matt Wilson's EMC uh, UK marketing event next year, uh, which is the biggest marketing event in the UK. Yeah, trying to make uh, it as big as like the US, US ones, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and it's going that way. You can see where that's going to be yeah. in a few years' time, no question at all. So I've been asked to speak at that because I think there's all of this focus on um, on, on social media, on uh, webinars, yeah. on creating funnels, uh, and all of that stuff's good. I, I use that stuff myself. It, it, it's good to know that. But I think people uh, really miss out on the older traditional stuff. Yeah. So that stuff's being forgotten. So for me, with Rich House Poor House, yeah. we've had 2 million views off that alone, off that, wow. that one program. So it had over a million views on the night when it, was, yeah. when it was aired. And off the, the uh, replays, the re, uh, is it the uh, replays? Yeah, I think the, so. The uh, on-demand and stuff oh, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's had over 2 million views that, that alone. Um, and then off the back of that, we went into the the Daily Mail, the Mirror, the Sun. God, wow. Uh, all of the major papers, yeah. <clears throat> which had about another 4 or 5 million views. Um, and then I've just learned how to tap into the papers and the radio. Yeah. So I've been in probably the local paper 10 times in the last couple of years on radio uh, and all of these things you get in a, you get in a great reach all the time. And I think people really underestimate that. And people think yeah. it's difficult to get in your paper and, and get on a radio station, but it's not that these people are looking for people yeah. uh, to talk about stories. So I would say if you've done something or you're aiming to do something, you, you're releasing a book or you've maybe got a new business in your area yeah. You'd be surprised how uh, how keen your local radio station and papers are to talk to people about about these things, and uh, yeah. you can easily get a couple of hundred thousand views even just off your own local newspaper. Yeah, it's just it's just asking, isn't it? Simple as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the secret sauce. <laughs> just ask. <laughs> people always want some secret. Yeah. And and once you've cracked one of them, yeah. you can. Um, you can jump on the rest and, and I've said that, you know that you've seen yeah. the post that I've put out. Yeah. So if one newspaper is covering a story, you let the others know, yeah. they'll want to cover it as well because they think they're missing out on something. Yeah. And a, a little sort of uh, tip that I, I teach people is, <clears throat> and I've done this before yeah. where I'll, I'll ring the radio station or one of the local papers or something like that. Yeah. And I just say, oh, yeah, I've, I've had a missed call. Um, I've had quite a lot of papers uh, contact me, reference covering this story. Um, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure it was who left the message. As soon as you've <laughs> said that. that, it's like, oh, what's this? What's That's happening? That's a brilliant uh, Can you tell us? Yeah, I think it probably was somebody in our office. Just yeah. tell me about it, though. And, uh, and, and before you know it, it's uh, the publishing it. And, uh, and then once you've got one, you can then yeah. go to the others and say, so-and-so's covering this. Do you want to cover it as well? Yeah, leverage, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly that. Leverage, yeah. That's awesome. I like that. Yeah. that just... Poetic license. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's a game. Just got to play the game, haven't you? It's the media game. Play exactly. the game to your advantage. It's a bit of fun as yeah. well, isn't it? I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> that that's one of the biggest tactics. Yeah. And then it's just about being consistent. Yeah. So 
uh, I would say be consistent and be yourself. Yeah. They're the two the two biggest things. So uh, being myself, people just like that. That where I think people make a mistake, and I see this quite often, is people try to be this different person on YouTube or in the papers or whatever. Yeah. And then when people come to see them, it's like you're not that person that I seen on YouTube. Yeah. So for me, that's why uh, I just swear I'm just myself. <laughs> I was I was like that on Rich House, Poor House. Yeah. And then that way, if, if you're true and authentic, then people either like you or they don't. If they don't, that, that's fine. We all don't connect with each yeah. other. Um, but people will resonate with you for the right reasons because they've yeah. seen your true personality. Yes. And then the other thing is just being consistent. So... Uh, getting them posts out regular yeah. so we put three videos out on youtube a week that's what we aim to do yeah. and uh i post every day on facebook and then um usually three four times a week on linkedin yeah. and, um it's, it's just you will literally build them numbers the more consistent you can be yeah, yeah i've definitely felt that more than ever now now i've got a consistent system going and it's like I feel the momentum going with me. I'm like, okay, this is yeah. happening. And you build traction, don't you? And you just got to keep pushing that boulder yeah. up the hill. It gets, it gets easier-ish. And, and it's but, like this, what yeah. you're doing now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great example. This, this is obviously now going to go out to all my audience. Yeah. So you, you, you've potentially just, I mean, if I share this across a couple of the groups yeah. I have, you, you're potentially going to, uh, you could get anywhere up to 50,000 people. Will yeah. all of them 50,000 watch it? No, but... Uh, quite easily a thousand could yeah. within sort of a week so by doing a podcast and stuff like this yeah. you can tap into a, a lot of people organically um yeah with extremely little cost at all yeah i, love, I think it's a great way plus it, it it's a i always think of it as a win-win you win because you get some content you can share i win because i tap into someone else's audience the audience wins because they're getting value from it so nobody it's all win-win-win that's what I love. I love yeah. doing this every week. It's amazing. Cool. So, um, move- absolutely. Yeah, it's great. I love it. And then, um, last few questions then. So, talk to you about when has been your highest high and your lowest low? In uh, business or life? Oh, good question. <clears throat> um, my lowest low was probably uh, 2013, mm. I guess. Um, I, there's two that stick in my head. Yeah. So Iraq in 2003, wow. I struggled with that out there. And then 10 years later, I got PTSD and I just went off the rails. Yeah. Literally, um, I was just drinking all the time, fighting, um, just, just getting into shit and that again. And, uh, uh, it was after my granddad died. That was that was the sort of uh, trigger, and I, I didn't handle that very well at all. And, and, and from the back of that, I just started drinking, and um, shit started to go wrong in my life. Yeah. I started to lose money in the businesses, and because I wasn't giving it the focus that it needed, yeah. and and it just sort of created this spiral effect to the point where um, I then started getting PTSD, and I literally I just cracked, um, and and I had to go see an army. Um, psychiatrist yeah. how was that experience psychologist yeah how was that experience at that time must have been tough <clears throat> yeah it was really tough for me um because 
naturally, I don't. I've always struggled with showing my emotions because yeah. I, I didn't get much recognition as a kid, and uh, that that's been part of my my childhood. And then going into the army, it's sort of um, yeah. it's a big boys' game. You yeah. don't cry, you get on with it, um, and you get told. I, I remember being told it's weak to show your emotions, yeah. and that was drummed in here in the army from from all angles, from your leaders, people around you. It's weak to show your emotions. Um, so for me, I uh, I struggled with that. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, I talk into this that if it was one of my mate's birthdays, I couldn't even say happy birthday to one of my mates mm. because I felt uncomfortable doing it. And I, I'd go around the house and I would put the card on the side, on the kitchen or something like that. So I didn't have to say happy yeah. birthday. That That's the level I was... Uh, my, the level of uncomfortableness is that a word yeah it is um <laughs> of, uh, of not being able to say that yeah. e- even to a friend on the birthday which which seems crazy wow wow do you think and that's probably what caused it all that build up up to that point and it was like it just snapped and then yeah yeah, yeah. um so for me me getting that counseling it was really difficult to talk into things and show my emotions mm. and, and i literally Every time I went to see this lady, Christine, she just had me in tears. Yeah. I just literally just uh, opened the floodgates, and and I realised then that the trigger was my granddad's death. Yeah. And uh, I just remember that day coming out of there the fourth time, and I, I just I could feel the weight that had been lifted off me. Yeah. And and I literally that day, I remember thinking like I thought about my granddad all day because yeah. I. I, I I'd not been willing to think about him. If I seen any pictures, I wouldn't look at them and things like that. And I didn't realize I was doing that at the time. But that particular day when I realized that, I just thought, my life's going to change. This is it. Because I was always driven. I was always motivated. I had I, I had them yeah. that in my, in my toolbox. But I just knew that that day that this was it. Um, the whole world better move out my yeah. fucking way because things are going to change. Yeah. And... and Literally from that point, um, I just have just literally just um, yeah, gone for it. Just not care about uh, what people have said, and it's like this is where I'm going. Um, I, I know where I'm going. I'm going to work hard, and people are either on that journey or they're not. It's as simple as that. Oh, powerful, powerful stuff. And then has Gemma been? How long have you been together? So was she with you on this journey? Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've been together now for 21 years. Oh, wow. So you really didn't know each other then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so when, when we got together, we didn't have anything. So we both lived at home with our parents. Yeah. Uh, neither of us could drive. Wow. Um, Gemma, was, Gemma was at college, just about to start university. Um, and I'd just gone in the army. I'd been in the army about six months. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah right. So we, we've gone through all of yeah, that together. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she's, uh, she's certainly experienced the ups and yeah. downs and that, that journey with me. But what's been the biggest high then for you? The biggest high for me is probably right now. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I would say, I would say the last, Three years, yeah. um, probably the last seven years when I've noticed the biggest difference 
but the last three years I've, I've just really, really cemented my mindset and that clarity of where I'm going. And I, I literally now every day, like I say to people, I was saying this last week that, um, because people say to me, I look like a miserable fucker. <laughs> I was going to mention but, that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is something what you said about being dead serious, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And, and somebody else yeah. said that. But <laughs> I say, like, if you look at some people and, and people say, I can't believe that person took the life. Yeah. They look so happy. Yeah. So just like somebody can fake a smile, you can look like a miserable yeah, yeah. fucker but be dead happy inside. That point, yeah. <laughs> And, and I literally, every day, I love life. Yeah. I get up every day and I am absolutely buzzing in my bed and, and do what yeah. I do. Um, do you think that's really misunderstood in that sense? Because when I first met you, I was a bit like... Yeah, massively. I was, I was a bit tentative. I was like, oh no, Stephen Green. Then obviously we sat next year and I was like, talk to you a little bit. And I was like, okay, he's actually right. He's a nice guy. Then you did a present on stage. like, oh, he's fine. But it's that initial probably like, ooh. People, yeah, and I, yeah. I, I'm I'm naturally that way anyway. I've, yeah. I've got I've got two. So when I'm on stage, yeah, I, I literally I, I come to life and, I, and I'm a different person. And I always remember a mate of mine when I decided I wanted to do training. It had sort of clicked to me that that's when I was at my happiest points in my life when I was in the army and I was training others. Uh, okay. And that's when it dawned to me, and I yeah. thought. I need to be doing something along those lines. And I spoke with one of my mates and he said, fucking hell, I could have told you that 10 years ago. You're a different person when you teach completely. And I was like, fucking hell, well, like, I wish somebody had a told yeah, yeah. But obviously I just found that out. But I've got that side of me where I'm uh, really passionate, yeah. um, appear to be really outgoing. And then when I'm off the stage, I'm I'm a massive introvert, so I don't like being around people. I tend to, I like to be in my own company, uh, in my house with my family. Don't really like much fuss and things like that. So yeah. uh, that that's why I can. A lot of people say to Gemma, um, yeah. uh, they've said it for years. A lot of her friends have just said, yeah. "Oh, he doesn't look very happy, or he's a bit miserable, or um, <laughs> looks a bit angry and shit." Like that. <laughs> But yeah, they, they just don't get me, and that—that's yeah. it. It's as simple as that. Yeah, fair enough. That makes sense. I get that. Cool. And then I got last few questions. Then, so in terms of like, I got three last questions. So I'll ask these questions to most guests at the end of the show. So, what advice? What three kind of tips would you give to someone who's starting out in the space of entrepreneurship? So, brand new. <clears throat> I would say get dead clear on what it is you want. So, yeah. first step is, is is get clear on 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 what you want. Um, be ultra, ultra clear on what makes you, you happy uh, and make sure it is what makes you happy, not your ego, because I was driven by ego for a lot of years and doing things to impress other people yeah. rather than what I wanted. So I'd, I'd say re really be honest with yourself. Don't just write down, I want that million quid. I want to be a millionaire. I want to drive that Ferrari. Ask yourself why. Why do I want that million quid? Why do I want that Ferrari? Get Get really clear on what makes you happy. Yeah. Um, you've got to be willing to work smart. And I think there's a there's a real balance with this of um, people say oh, it's better to work smart than, than to work hard, but you need yeah. to work hard as well. So I say yeah. work smart by getting a mentor. You will never get results as yeah. quick as, as somebody showing you how to do it. Um, if, if somebody, can, rather than you trying to fumble your way through, Somebody physically goes, do that, take yeah. that action, do that, don't do that. 
it speeds up your results. Yeah. You can cut 10 years out of, of your results by getting a mentor. Um, and if people are thinking, well, I don't have money, yeah. start with books. Go yeah. on YouTube. Look at a couple of people that you resonate with and start to study them. Look at there's plenty of free content out there to to start. And then when you have got money, I would say start getting a coach, getting yeah. a mentor, uh, because you'll always get a return on, on your investment. You've got to be willing to work hard. Uh, yeah. I truly believe that too many people want it too quick. Be willing to play that long, long-term game. Be patient. Yeah. Don't try and fuck people over for that short-term gain. Build long-term relationships. Um, and, and then I would say uh, after that, you've got to be... Um, You've got to be relentless in, in, in what you're doing. Things yeah. are going to be hard. Things are going to throw challenges at you. Uh, you've got to be willing to keep going and giving back to other people because that's where we get our main fulfillment. So I'd say to people, whatever you do, whatever path that you take in life, find a way of helping other people on that same path. Yeah. Very rewarding when you step into that space of like service because then you get energy from that. Because yeah. like sometimes you like you don't feel like you're like, okay, I'm doing this for a reason. You go back to why and you think, okay, I'm doing it for other people. And then you're like, right, let's go again. And I think that's very important. A lot of people miss that bit out and go straight to the, you know, the methodology, the tactics, and let's get doing. First, taking that time out beforehand, like you said. So no, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Cool, great advice. And then, do you think entrepreneurs are born or made? Uh, I think that, uh, I don't think they're born. <clears throat> I think the mid, but the reason why people probably think the born yeah. is yeah. they're not looking at that. They're not looking at the childhood part. So people might, obviously most people are entrepreneurs till the 20, for example. And I'm just yeah. pulling a figure out, out the yeah. air that you're probably going to be at least 20. So people think, oh, they've got a natural uh, talent for business. They haven't. It's just what happened in their childhood in them yeah. first them first ten years that we can't measure of what did they see? Um, yeah, because yeah, yeah. some people will have a shit time and that'll make them follow the same path, and some people will have a shit time and they'll look at it and go, I don't want to be like my parents or I yeah. don't wanna not have food on the table. Uh, and and the certain things I remember from my childhood of not being able like if we had cocoa pops yeah we weren't allowed them every day we weren't and, and that I, I used to get told that um and, and there's certain things i used to want i remember not trying butter till i was about 10 years old i never wow. went on uh, abroad as a kid because we didn't have money to go yeah. go abroad um for me it was a couple of days on a uh, blackpool with my grandma and granddad but i remember as a kid being sort of about 14, 15 year old. And, and I knew then that my kids were not going to yeah. have to fucking go, can I have cocoa pops today and things like that. It was, that was I was going to create a different path. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's again, I've, I've seen like some image on Facebook that's very similar to what you're saying. It's like you have a dad who's an alcoholic and then you have one son who's successful and one who's alcoholic. It's just perspective. What what path do you decide to choose? You, I'm going to follow my dad, or I'm going to go right. I'm going to create my own because I don't want to be like that. So yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, you just got to decide, haven't you? Yeah, you. absolutely. Yeah. I think there's two things we can learn from all people: either 
how to be like somebody or yeah. how to not do what somebody else does. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think every person we meet gives us the opportunity to learn something. I really do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You could take away something from anything, 100%. Yeah, yeah. completely. Cool. And the last question for the show, I like this question, is if you had a microphone and you could give one message to all entrepreneurs out there, what would it be? Oh, wow. Um, and it, what was it? One sentence or yeah. one? One message. You can have one of them. Yeah. So one uh, message. One message to all entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, you are capable of a lot more than you realize right now. Awesome. People find you, Stephen. If you're interested in what Okay, you, you can find me on YouTube under my name, Stephen Green with a V. Uh, and uh, you can find me under the Property Investment Academy. That's yeah. my property page. You can find me, my website is www.stegreen.co.uk or you can, uh, if, in fact, if you go on my website, you can get a download of my free book, Safe as oh, Houses. Awesome. Great title. Um, <laughs> and I think that's it. Awesome. Probably Good. there's something else, but I forgot. <laughs> Just stick it in the show notes. You give me the yeah. links. Awesome. Thank you, Stephen Green. Pleasure, buddy. Thank you for listening to the Afro Juju podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing by hitting that subscription button. You know, it makes sense. Every day you'll get a daily dose of my secrets into how to build a six-figure business. We'll talk about things like entrepreneurship, marketing, and business. So hit that subscription button now and get that alerted on the next video. Catch you in tomorrow's show. You know, it makes sense. Hit that button.